when it was easy to ride, singing way, hey, ho. But the years haven't withered my joy and my pride, singing way, hey, ho. I've never been much for the pistol or blade, singing way, hey, ho. For the sun is my course and the sky is my trade, singing way, hey, ho. My mother, she told me that life would be fine If you're free with the water, but savor the wine And to never be hurried, but always on time Singing way, hey, ho Singing way, hey, ho Our story begins in the clouds A seemingly endless field of sky sprawls before us, broken only by the occasional cloud and the warm glow of a promised sunrise. A skyship, draped in pressing clouds, comes into view, its lines pulled by the weathered hands of skyjacks. We cut to the enormous furnace on the deck and the skyjacks who work it. Coal is fed to the roaring furnace, and a soot-stained furnaceer pulls a cord, releasing flame from three pipes into the featherweave envelope above, now tinged with lines of red as the heat catches in it. We pass through that fire, the flames dancing about us as we are past the ship and the shouts and into the clouds. Dampness touches our cheeks like a cool hand, and then the clouds break revealing Thornback Peak. Its snow-capped slopes sit above the clouds, tinged with the gold of the rising sun, casting light upon its most curious feature, Thornback's eye. A massive, yet perfectly circular hole in its northern face that punches clean through the rock, showing sky beyond it. We are pulled forward, Thornback's eye growing larger until it looms ahead of us, and we pass through it careening down the dark tunnel until we break into the light of a full dawn. Below us, stretched out in a patchwork of gold, red, and green trees, is Thornvale Valley. As we descend into the valley, the chill of autumn rises to greet us. We feel the tang of ice in the air as we move through pumpkin patches, winding our way over farmers' fields draped in the colors of the season, colors that never fade. Autumn reigns year-round in Thornvale, and everyone has many scarves and coats for all occasions. With a gust of wind and a whirl of leaves, we are blown into Thornvale Township. The buildings here are rustic, made of sturdy wood and tall roofs. The smell of wood smoke lingers on every cobblestone street and corner as warm light spills from the windows of this small town. But even at this early hour, people are already about their business. At the far side of town, towards the hills that rise to meet the cliffs, men and women are hard at work, putting up pavilions and stalls for the big festivities. Today is a special day. The day of the novice fair. The big wooden sign that proclaims the fair painted in bright colors with a splash of blue, rises into the air and is placed at the head of the fairgrounds. We pass over it, the sounds of the working people fading as we head higher into the valley. We pass fields of tall grass turned brown and follow a winding dirt road up the valley and into the foothills. Here, 
we can see a large compound of stables and buildings with a three-story building at its center. The sign above the door of this building reads, The Swiftwell Courier Service. An older gentleman and a stately older lady sit out on the porch, talking to a gathering of young children in blue caps with silver pins, novices of the courier service. However, we are too far away to hear as we gust on, up the surrounding cliffs, past the docks where four skyships lay moored, and into the air above the town. We hang there for a moment, taking in the whole scene, before diving back towards Thornvale, and a brand new adventure. So, I want to know where you guys are. It is the morning of the Novice Fair, and all of you had decided to meet someplace. You have about two hours before the fair starts. So, where do you meet, and what do you do? I think we meet at the Sky Tree. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. The one that overlooks all of everything. Yeah, the big old tree. There's a big old tree in the woods uh, near the town. The This tree reaches higher above the canopy than any other tree around it. And it is highly climbable uh, to those who can find it and who know which one it is. Um, We've all, all three of us, I believe, have climbed this tree before as individuals. And I think since we met kind of on the same ground, we have climbed it together at least once. And I think that um, I know for a fact that June is a little anxious about the novice fair And so she probably suggested, why don't we just meet beforehand? Like, we'll meet after breakfast, but before the fair, and we'll we'll go together. Yeah. Cool. I like the feeling of um, when you get ready for the school dance or, like, a big school, like, meet up. You meet up with your whole squad, and you're like, okay, everybody looks great. You know, we're feeling really good. If we go, it's the whole, we're all nervous, but if you go together, it's less scary. You're less nervous. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. For sure. For sure. Yes. So I'd love to see a montage of you guys, like, getting there. Like, you know, you know, like in a movie where it's just a shot of all the kids, like, getting going to that place? Um, for me, for Cece, she is in the mirror at home getting ready, like, clipping all the buckles on her hips and her waist, get her, like, her book map holster ready. Like, she is making sure that she looks prime time for this. Like, this is, this is a big event for, like, a teen you know, like going out. I want to make an impression so everything is perfect. Hair looks great. You know, holster looks great. Outfit is totally on point. A lot of primping happening, but a lot of like hyping up, like throwing a few jabs in front of the mirror, doing a few push-ups, you know, just trying to do anything because I think this is this is where she's like, this is my year. I'm going to make a really good impression. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Cecilia Whitwick, tell us what you look like. Let the audience know, like, what's going on here. So Cecilia Whitwick has black wavy hair, purple pin or flower in her hair. She's a little rounder, a little thicker, a little more powerful, but still a little plump little kid. Adorable, amazing, you know, with a lot of sass. You know, if you can imagine one hip constantly touched out, that's mm. Cece. She is okay. the 14-year-old who will throw a drink in your face. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. <laughs> any drink. Anyone's and no, drink. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll take your drink and I'll throw it in your own face. <laughs> Perfect. 
Perfect. Perfect. So Cece finishes up and she heads downstairs and we cut to, let's say, June. June, what are you doing? Where are you coming from? Okay. June is nervous about the novice fair for several reasons. She gets up early, probably because she did not sleep well. She dresses and braids her hair over one shoulder and June doesn't have a mirror. <laughs> so she she like goes to braid her hair and then check herself and like can't find a mirror to look in. And she knows that there's one in the hallway downstairs, but she dares not go downstairs because she knows that her mother will be awake and waiting for her to give her the same talk that she's been given the last two years on the day of the novice fair regarding her position as a novice with the Swiftwell Courier Company and her mother's desires for her to remain a novice, at least for the time being. Um, June gets a yucky feeling in her stomach when she thinks about having that conversation a third time. So she dresses, pulls her boots on, laces them up, pulls her jacket on, flips the lapel, the kind of like furry lapel of the the jacket up, um, pulls on like her her mittens and stuff, and um, realizes that she ha- she doesn't really have anything special to put on for the novice fair. You can wear your your Audrey cap. You have to wear that. The well, the novice cap. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, she's you're not. You're, she, yeah, you're novice. She's cap, got right? the novice cap. It's in her. It's in her jacket pocket. Um, she's gonna put it on at the last possible minute. But she she goes poking around in like her her drawers, uh, her dresser drawers in her attic room above the inn, and she finds like an old ribbon. Okay. And she ties the ribbon around the end of I her love braid. That. That's wonderful. And it's surprisingly girly for how not girly her appearance is otherwise. Um, but she's like, yeah, this is good. And then she climbs out the window. As she's getting out the window, there's a June, June dear. Breakfast, come down, June. She's halfway out the window and thinks there's a choice here. She can either continue out the window like she didn't hear and run for the woods. Or, yeah, she thinks about it for a half second and then she, like, carefully climbs out of the window onto, like, the little ledge. June. And, like, slides the, the window down halfway. June, you were up there? Dun, dun. And then she hops down and, like, clambers down the side of the house. And we have a shot on the outside of the house. We see June climbing down the side. And we see her mother come to the window and look around and June drop and then run away. Yeah. On her long legs, she just books it. Do you want a physical description of June? Yeah, I'd love one. June is tall for her age. She's 14, uh, but she's she's tall and lanky. Um, she's about 5'6", I think we said. Mm. She's lean, but narrow. I guess narrow-featured. She has a little bit of freckles across her face. Dark auburn She's hair. She's got freckles, like a knife. Yeah, knives have freckles in of this course, world. Of course, of course. Dark auburn hair with a with a small undercut underneath uh, that she has, the hair she's braided over one shoulder and added a ribbon to. Got light gray eyes. Um, Ooh. She's got like that fearsome kind of look that a 14-year-old girl that's not sure what she's supposed to be yet has and the same kind of expression about her that dares someone to question her because she's already questioning herself constantly. And we see all this. We see her description, kind of who she is as she's running through the streets of Thornvale in the early morning mists on her way to the tree. And last but not least, Kieran, where are you? What are you doing? I think Kieran is in their room still. They're running chronically late. This is <laughs> this is something that is a a problem for them, I think, because they're trying to figure out what in their collection they want to take with them. Um, 
Are things like laid out? Do you have like are things there? Yeah. Oh, what what is there? What is there part of the collection? So the bed is very crisply made. The quilt is like smoothed out completely, and there is a set of like four. Karen has narrowed it down to four items. One is a definite yes, and it is the bone whistle Mm -hmm. that they collected on the boat to Thornvale. Then there's this there's this walnut with a hinge sort of artfully hidden just on one side of it. And when mm-hmm. you open it up, there are these three little vials inside of it, um, oh. teeny tiny vials. It's like normal walnut sized. And Karen has no idea what those vials are. <laughs> Karen has no idea what they do, but it's an interesting object. And that is uh, second place at the moment. Obviously their sketchbook is kind of laid out off to the side as is their a backpack or satchel um, that has kind of like the two straps that they kind of shrug on. I think the other item is a velvet bag. And inside the velvet bag are these little opalescent rune stones that have etchings of of different letter forms on each of the individual stones. Greenheart stuff. Yeah, greenheart stuff. Um, I, I love the idea that it is kind of this greenish to aquamarine sort of opalescent stone. I don't know what that would be. Um, And then the final item is a belt. Uh, It's it's a leather belt. It's much too big for Kieran, but I think they're going to find a way to make it work (laughs) if they choose it. And it's got little brass suns kind of, I want to say, attached to to the length of it. So every it, it, it's patterned in that way. So every so often you see a brass sun in, in the leather of the belt. That's very, very cool. So as Kieran is sitting at their bed, mm-hmm. looking over things, give us a physical description of Kieran. Kieran's hair is wild. It's dark. It's curly. There are flyaways all over the place. And it kind of gives them the look that their, their hair is much bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they have clear hazel eyes and brown freckles on coffee-colored skin. And they're very slight and small for their age. And there's a little crook in their nose that they're kind of looking over and peering down at all of these different items and kind of appraising them for how valuable they might be at the novice fair. Beautiful. So my question is, what does Kieran take? And if Kieran can't decide, do they want to pull a luminary to decide? I kind of want to pull a luminary. Okay. Because I, I think it's between the three other items, the walnut, the runestone bag, and the belt, because mm-hmm. the bone whistle is definitely coming with them. Bone bone whistle and, and sketchbook, absolutely. Yes. So yes. The drought. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Misfortune, scarcity, desperation. Uh, this is almost always bad for the party. Usually it is specif- uh, specifically directed against one of their opponents. The drought takes something that allows people to survive. The only way to reclaim those missing things are through desperate action. So, luminaries are uh, these forces in the world that are uh, progress fate. They are things that are gods but not gods. They are forces of nature. They are forces of being and fate within the world that push things forward. And uh, let's say in this moment that as Kieran is looking over these things, what makes them only take the book and the whistle and leave everything else? Mm. Is it also a thing like June? Is it Mother is Calling? 
I think Kieran gave a full debriefing <laughs> to mom mm-hmm. <laughs> the night before on what the situation was. I think they share everything or almost everything. So Kieran was like, I want to get up early because I have to go visit my friends at the tree. Okay. And I think Amira was more or less all right with that. Of course, she probably had some cautions of like, careful, don't, you know, <laughs> steal things. <laughs> um, I, I think it's that either a clock chime somewhere or something kind of snaps them out of their thoughts and makes them realize that one cannot simply teleport to the tree. One must walk there. And so, mm. and that's going to take a little bit. Perfect. Um, so they're, they're running a little bit late. I think that's kind of, and, and as a result of that, all of these items are still laid out on the bed when they leave their room. Perfect. Let's say this. Let's say that there are several clocks in Kieran's room, um, things that Kieran has collected over the years, mm-hmm. and yeah. they all go off at the same moment, indicating that it is well past time for Kieran to be yes. on their way and to the tree. And Kieran runs. Yeah, I think Kieran shoves everything into their backpack, throws the bedroom door open, runs down the stairs past Amira, grabs whatever breakfast-type object she's holding out for them, and just barrels through the door into the street. And just Have a good day, dear. See you at the fair. <laughs> Anime-style toast in my mouth. Mm, perfect. Can I say that y'all had the most amazing descriptions? And I was like, she'll throw a drink in your face. <laughs> like, she has that level of wildness that a 14-year-old girl has. And she, like, you know, this magic suns. I was like, I don't know. She looks in the mirror a lot with her hips, with her, with her I, I love that, on. Though. That's, I love that's that so CC. <laughs> I absolutely love it. We get a quick shot of each one of you running through the streets on your way to go. And, uh, oh, I would love, I would love for everyone to roll to see who gets there first. Oh, So what snap. we're going to do is you're going to roll all four of your dice, and we're just going to see, like, uh, who gets highest. What's that? Is it just, it's just the, it's just whatever we roll, right? It's whatever you roll. We're not going to do approaches on this yet. God. <laughs> Got a minus three. So I walked. <laughs> yep. Minus three. I got a zero. How did that happen? <laughs> We're doing great, you guys. No one said I was fast. <laughs> Cece is walking, like power walking there. I like took my time. I stopped, you know, I got some, I got a drink. I was walking. I saw some friends. I caught a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So K- Karen, you get there first. Um, uh, and we, we do see the, the cut of, we see Kieran running, we see June running, we see Cece walking. Like, <laughs> she waves over to somebody who like gives, it's like, oh, Cece, how are you? How are you doing today? Stop and talk. I'm like, oh, you know, heading to the fair, but like, gotta stop at this tree, make some small talk, exchange cards and <laughs> pins and stuff like that. You know, like, well, oh, I hope I to see you there. I'll, I'll have my stall out, so I hope you're there as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. <laughs> and I roll my eyes. <laughs> Cece's the best. <laughs> and Gosh. so we get this shot of Kieran at the tree, June running up at a little bit, and then in the far distance, Cece walking. <laughs> 
and we can see the whole valley from here. And we've already kind of seen what the valley looks like, but from this ground level, we can look out and see the trees are in this gold and reds and also greens and browns as autumn has taken this place and autumn continues to take this place every single day is autumn here in Thornvale. And as we look out over that, we see on this side of the river, there is a big pavilion going up. There's a bunch of stalls going up in that big field that you guys originally met in. And in that field, they're setting up for the novice fair. And all of you guys get together here on the morning of the novice fair. What do you do? So June rolls up uh, and like her cheeks are bright pink from the, the crisp morning air and from the run. And the the bow that she's, the, the dingy old bow she's tied on the end of her braid has come untied. It's like clinging to her braid, but it's like completely unraveled and it's it's not a cute bow anymore. It just looks like there's something stuck in her hair. Um, she, she rolls up and she like waves, nods, bends over to catch her breath a little bit. Uh, cause even for her, that was quite a, quite a trek. Yeah. I, I think Kieran is still a little bit winded too. Maybe not as much as June, but they, they take a look at her. You, you have something in your hair. What? What? <laughs> and they point at the bow. Oh. June stands up and like like immediately starts brushing off her coat to to get whatever it is off and then realizes it's the bow and she blushes scarlet uh and like yanks it out of the bow and like balls it up in her fist. Cool, thanks. Ugh, morning. How how how's it going? Uh, pretty good. I thought I was going to be the last one here, but I'm not. Where's Cece? Did you see her on the um, way? Um, did I see her on the way? Did I pass her? Did you? It's up to you. Um, June, June stops and thinks about it. And like, there's a brief, like fuzzy, soft focus flashback of June booking it through a street, uh, (laughs) past Cece, who was stopped and talking to someone and like giving them pointers on how to rearrange their merchandise better or something like that. Like something very adult. Yeah. (laughs) June goes, June goes, yeah, actually, I think I did see her. She's a, she should be here soon. I, I think uh, you hear in the distance squad. Yo. <laughs> and you know, CC starts jogging, you know, to catch up to everybody, uh, runs right up to June offers like a nice high five up top where one, you got to like jump to meet. And then for, for Kieran, just a little pound, like a gentle pound. <laughs> She's learning. She's learning. She's doing great. And immediately yeah. says, June, do you want me to fix that? And points immediately to that bow hair mess. Uh, yeah. Got you. She like she awkwardly like unravels the 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 terrible ribbon from her hand and holds it out, still blushing. Yeah. Cece takes a hair, takes the bow, starts twirling it, fixing it up, braiding it nice, making it look good. It's like, sup, everybody. I think Karen is pacing wildly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Cece, we should probably walk uh, Kieran through this since this is their first time going to the fair. Wait, you've wait, you've done this before? How come I'm the only one who hasn't done this before? Well, you you just got here, didn't you? Like oh, a few months ago. But does does everyone do this before? I mean, I like mean, I've like, gone and like do a lot, but you know, I was there. I thought only novices went. I'm 
I don't understand anything. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. That's why we're having this meeting beforehand. It's true. Um, hang on. Kieran, like, makes a big show of taking their backpack off and taking their sketchbook out and, like, <laughs> selecting a pen and finally chooses a fountain pen and, like, opens to an empty page and is going to start taking notes on this new lecture. <laughs> okay, so... Um, <clears throat> Uh, well, uh, the novice fair happens every year, um, and uh, it's basically kind of like a—I mean, I mean, you've been in town long enough that you know that if there's one thing Thornville likes, it's uh, it's festivals and stuff, right? Um, but the novice fair is different because, um, well, it it um, it's to celebrate the novices for the for the. Swiftwell Courier Service, but it's also the day that people um, get promoted, basically. Uh, so promoted. basically, yeah, um, it's like there's like games and stuff and and, and things, but uh, the whole thing is uh, June is still apparently out of breath, uh, which is weird for how athletic she usually is, <laughs> and it's it, it it's clear it's definitely clear to Cece that uh, it's because she's very nervous, absolutely, um, about what's what's up ahead. Um, it's like, uh, look, I'm gonna level with you, Kieran. We don't know how it really works. We just know that it happens. Uh, the novice fair happens, and everybody has a great time. And then at the end of the fair, people get called up in front of. Uh, you know the the Audrin captains and 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 the the postmaster general and uh, you you might get asked some questions or something and if well, you do really well everyone what's that in front of everyone well yeah I mean ba- oh. I mean basically everybody um, but the whole thing is like if you do really well you might get picked to join an Audrin you might get promoted from no- novice to uh, apprentice. And all of you know what the Audrins are. Yeah. The Audrins are the four ships that the courier service has that go out to deliver the mail. There are four of them. There's the Red Audrin, the Yellow Audrin, the Black Audrin, and the Gray Audrin. And these four Audrins are ships and crews. Uh, The crews are rather small. They're about 14, 15 to a crew. But there are six apprentices on each Audrin ship. And this is the fair where if they choose people to come up to become apprentices, they will get to go on those Audrins and be gone for six months before they return back. Cece claps June on the shoulder and says, I got this. All right. Listen up, everybody. So we got to get it together. This is not a good start to the day. Y'all are too winded. Y'all are too nervous. We got to shape up a little bit. Shake off this rust because today is the day. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. We may be kids, uh, but we are about to be mail carriers. So suit June, up. <laughs> June's like jaw goes slack and she like holds her breath for a second and then lets it go and nods emphatically. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, Cece. We got to we got to go in strong, right? Take a breath. We're big kids now. We got this. Yeah, we are. We are. We can, we can do this. You know how hard you've been working? I see you, Kieran. I see you drawing. I see you writing. That's hard work. You deserve this. So we're suiting up. You know what confidence is, Kieran? (laughs) Generally speaking. Yeah. You feel that fire whenever you're drawing, whenever you're doing your thing? I want you to harness that fire, and we're going to breathe it out on three. Are you ready? Uh. One, two, three. 
Two, uh-huh. take a deep breath and then breathe out that fire. Three. <laughs> feel that? You feel that energy? Now we're bringing it today. You're bringing it, Kieran. And if you can't, we got you. Is it okay if I feel like I need to throw up? Yes. That's energy. That's energy, baby. Let it out. I don't like energy. <laughs> Hello, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll for Skyjack's Courier's Call, a production that I'm not actually a part of. For those of us that don't know, I'm James D'Amato, and I, along with my friends, created the Skyjack's universe, a world of skyships, piracy, courage, and adventure, a new genre I've been calling folktale punk, with a touch of classic adventure fiction. And right now, you're listening to an all-ages story set in our universe, put on by my very dear friends. Our game master is Drew Merzieski. June is played by Ali Grauer. Cece is played by Aaron Kitano Saez. And Kieran is played by Palomi Pratap. I think it's the perfect team for this project. So listen to this episode, and if you like it, please share it with the younger ones in your life. I think Sphere has lots of wonderful things to offer everyone, and I'd be honored if you welcomed one of our stories into your family. I should also point out that the Courier's Call crew is currently playing Fate, which is different than the game that we play on the Skyjack's main show. Drew and Allie picked Fate Accelerated for this adventure because it's a little bit more accessible than Genesis, and a great game to play with kids. Some quick housekeeping notes before we get back to the show. Currently, the OneShot Patreon, which is the primary funding source for all of our productions on this network, is below the $8,500 mark which is the level we need to be at in order to keep offering you weekly Skyjacks episodes. I'm not going to interrupt the maiden voyage of Courier's Call, but as we return to the Skyjacks main show, if we don't manage to go back above 8500 we're going to have to go back to a bi-weekly schedule instead of a weekly schedule. Our budget is unfortunately stretched pretty thin. If we can't stay above that funding goal, we're not going to be able to keep the same output. So if you like what you hear, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and become a backer. That opens you up to plenty of bonus content from shows like Campaign. If you're intrigued by the world that we've built here and you want to learn some of the narrative theory behind it, you can hear me discussing the magic system we've created for Sphere with Patrick Rothfuss. There's some really neat stuff in there. And all you need to do to get it is back at $5 a month or more. For now, though, let's get back in the sky. Okay, we just got to get through this together, Karen, okay? We're just going to get through it together. I mean, the whole thing is, like, I've been to the novice fair twice before, and nothing's ever happened. Like, it could be nothing. It could be totally nothing. So I wouldn't worry about it, you know? Like, we really just don't know what they look for. And, I mean, you know, um, what's his name? Which one? The the guy who's still a novice. He's been a novice oh, for, like, a there, decade. There's a, everyone knows this guy. Being novices, you would know this person. His name is Art Blacknell. Ard Blacknell is 28 years old and still a novice. And he has spent his entire life working as one of the novices. Novices usually start about five or so, uh, maybe a little younger, like it depends, and go up to your early teens uh, or older, as in Ard's case. But the fair is a lot of fun, and it's going to be games and rides and food and contests and like events. 
and it's all free for you guys. Lit. So <laughs> it's going to be for you guys. It's it's a great, great day. Yeah. Whatever happens. And, oh, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt narrator person. No, no, no. That's fine. That's Ominous fine. voice on the wind. I'm sorry. I thought Ominous I heard something. On the wind. No, Whoa. it's fine. Continue, oh. Cece. Oh, thank you. Oh, jeez. And whatever happens, <laughs> we have each other's back. And then they lick their finger and put it to the wind. And they're like, all right, it's nice and quiet now. No, you're right. You're right. It could be nothing. I mean, like, Ard's been a novice for a really long time. So, like, it could be nothing. And, you know, no matter what, we're going to have a great day. And uh, we'll, we'll, like, go have fun. We'll go eat cool food yeah. and, like, do fun stuff. And, and and it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Yeah. Y'all hungry? I'm hungry. I, I am. Yeah. I didn't go downstairs because my mom was downstairs. So I miss breakfast. Come on, you know it's the most important meal of the day, June. Yeah, but I can't. I can't have that conversation with her again. All right. I can't do it. I feel that, but let's get after it. We got to go eat then. Yo, Kieran, you hungry? Okay. I'm the most hungry. I'm very hungry. All right, let's go tear something up. Uh, let's do this. We see you guys walk away, and it's a a wipe cut to let's just put you guys at the fair. I think that's that's going to be the best thing to do. About it is that we put you guys at the front of the fair. And the front of the fair is two posts, streamers are everywhere, Uh, there's big signs that say things like, thank you novices, and the novice fair in like big, bold, pretty letters and a sign above above the gate. People are everywhere, Um, you see kids are running around in their blue uh, novice caps, which are basically just beanies that are blue. And everyone's running around, and you see also there's a bunch of kids, a bunch of the novices have white feathers. They've either put in their caps, or they've like pinned to their sleeves, or stuff like that. The white feathers are um, things you earn at the fair. Oh. So they are things that you go to the fair, you do a contest, or you play a game, and anyone can give you like, hey, great job, here's a white feather. And they are marks of honor to have the rest of the year. Cool. So my question is for because we've decided that that um, Kieran has not been to the fair yet. Mm-hmm. For June and Cece, what feathers do you have? How many do you have? June has none. <gasps> really? Yeah. None. Yeah. Why? I think uh, I think June came close to earning a couple, maybe her first year as a novice, um, but they went to someone else on technicalities. Oh. Um, I think she she came into those games. She came in pretty hot that first year, and uh, there were elbows and knees used in some of the games where they shouldn't have been. Um, and so she doesn't she doesn't. And the second year, I think she played it really safe, and she doesn't she doesn't have any. Um, but as they come in, June sees the kids run by with their white feathers and goes, "Oh, they started already!" What? Wait, started what? What are we looking at? What's happening? The white feathers. Sorry, Kieran, that's... I forgot. Um, uh, you can earn feathers during the fair for doing really well in a game or a, a contest or something, or maybe just by being really cool. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there's supposed to be some sort of mark as to, like, your worthiness or, like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bragging rights thing, you know? But some people think that it has to do with, you know, whether they pick you or not. Oh, you mean like these? And Cece totally like kicks a boot up on a box and like each one of her boots 
has two feathers on it, so it looks like like winged boots. She's like, check these kids. Yeah, all those kids got one feather. You're rolling with me. Are you kidding me? I'll show you how to get. You want feathers? I'll show you the way. I think (laughs) when Karen sees the feathers, there's stars in their eyes, and they like do the human version of a camera zoom. (laughs) Cece knows, and she's posing like on this box, like flexing and like striking really dramatic poses because she knows it's astounding. No one has four, four feathers. How did you get those? (sighs) By being awesome, so cool. winning stuff. Are you kidding? What did you do? What did you do, Cece? What did you get do to get these four? You can do a, a ton of different things. So you can do things like for good and moral conduct, for exemplary service to others, victory in games and competitions, uh, acts above and the bearing of being a novice. You can do it for extraordinary performances in things like art or oratories or visuals or magic, extraordinary achievements of like speed and agility and strength and cunning and knowledge. You also like mastery of knowledge from things you learn at school, like things about Avery's or knots or postmanship or history or even math. Anything is up for grabs. Even good and personal hygiene, like, oh, you look very nice today. Here, have a white feather. (laughs) Well, first of all, I won all the trivia contests that the kids were playing in. Nailed it, crushed it, destroyed it. Then I beat the feat of strength. Are you kidding me? Gato, he's got metal (laughs) joints, beat him up, earned 15 silver points, lit that up. Um, but whatever, like a feat of strength. I think it was like one of those punching machines, like a test. Oh yeah, it's it's like a it's like a, a punching dummy. Yeah, like, like I it's like a, a, a little like uh, like a training dummy that you you hit at a couple of times. Yeah, like Cece's not strong, but she knows exactly where to hit that machine in order to get the higher reading. I basically not cheated. I just knew how the games were won, but I did win the trivia feather legit. Awesome. But the feats of awesome. strength, I don't know nice. about that, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So we see the camera pan over the entire fair as you guys are standing there. We actually can see in the distance, we can see the docks, and we see that there are four sky ships that have been docked up there, which are the four Audrin ships. Um, we see them with their big envelopes and their uh, their sails. Everything's down because every all the, the crew members are here at the fair today. Everyone who's anybody is going to be here at the fair we see that the ships have they're, they're like feather their their feather weave envelopes are still ignited so they have like these red lines in it feather weave is the material that allows the ships to go high into the air you put fire or heat into those and they lift off adding they're able to lift incredible weights um, by by having this feather weave and it's a very pricey and expensive material it's also hard to work with People spend their whole lives trying to get just a little bit of, of feather weave, and it's a hard substance to come across. But uh, as we look over there and we see the docks and we see the fair, I absolutely want you guys to tell me things that are at this fair. Like, what do you see? What are, what are some of the things that, like, immediately catch your attention as you guys walk in? As you guys walk in, there's a lady at the front. She's like, welcome to the novice fair. Have a good day, novices. I think the Greenhearts, so they have... The, the same people who have merchant tents in the market square, mm-hmm. they've kind of banded together. And I think they've created this sort of cloth sculpture or um, kind of art installation that depicts kind of a major player in whatever um, legends that they tell each other. 
Oh, interesting. And it's this beautiful, like it it uses all kinds of beautifully colored cloth. Like there's greens and purples and fuchsias. And it's it's kind of an ode to cloth dye, honestly. I think they have quite a, a smattering of natural dyes. And I think this is kind of the way they display that work. I think that's like the center of the fair. Like it's the centerpiece of the fair. Yeah, it's really big. Like, yeah, I really like the idea that it's at the center and it's kind of like watching over. Is it a person? Uh, Is it a thing? Is it? I think, I think it's a person or at the very least a a character of some kind. I Mm -hmm. think if you're not super well versed in the stories of the Greenhearts, it's a little bit hard to kind of identify. It's, I honestly feel like it's the Forest Queen. Oh. Dang. Ooh, interesting. I like like that. She's got a veil of flowers. She's got uh, just wild hair. She's got a beautiful green dress. I think think there's a moment where Kieran is looking at it, and a green heart comes up behind them. (laughs) And uh, just looks looks and goes, pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, it's really... It's really cool. Do you know who it is? No. Uh, and we see the green heart. The green heart ha- is tannish skinned, but they're they're pale. They look kind of anemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and green is kind of tinged in their skin, particularly at their fingertips, at the tips of their ears, at the the spot where their hair at their hairline. It kind of has a greenish tinge to it. And they look and they go. We don't know who it is. It's someone the trees speak of, but we don't know. She's, well, they're really pretty. Yeah, they are. But dangerous. So, so dangerous. So just be careful, okay? Uh, I think Kieran is nodding while also looking around desperately for their friends. Yeah, uh, the green heart, the green heart. (laughs) Winks at Kieran and goes, just remember, what's beautiful is also dangerous. And they move okay. on. Okay. <laughs> Who shows up first? Is it June or is it Cece? June, June is like three feet away from uh, Kieran right now, but facing the other direction. Um, you know, at like county fairs or like the Ren Fair, there's like that trampoline bouncy thing where they put you in like a harness and you bounce super high and you can do like backflips and stuff because you're in this harness on a trampoline. Mm -hmm. It's like that, but instead of that, it's feather weave. Oh. So you're attached to a tether, but there's like a feather weave pack on you that allows you to fly. Basically. Basically. So what what it is is underneath you there's uh, a heat source of some kind. It's not too hot that it's going to hurt anybody, but it's enough that there is this kind of parachute-esque thing Mm -hmm. that you guys have, that they have, and they kind of throw it in the air and the feather weave will catch and they'll go like 30 feet in the air and then slowly come back down. Yeah. And then 30 feet in the air and jump up and down. Yeah. And the kids are attached to tethers. They're like kites. Mm-hmm. When they're, the feather weave in the sky has these red lines through it. You can tell that when the heat is going through the feather weave, that's what kind of lights it up and stuff like that. And so you see these kids like kites in the air. like. Ah! Yeah. June <laughs> is three feet away from uh, Kieran. Uh, 
with her hands balled into fists, staring, unblinking at this feather weave parachute thing, and like trembling with focus. I think Karen drifts over to June after having talked to a stranger um, and kind of takes her in and is just like, are you okay? Karen, look. Uh Uh-huh. She like reaches over and turns Karen to look at the the feather weave jumpy ride. (laughs) (laughs) Please name it. Please name it. I'm going to be honest Please name the ride. (laughs) Please. Please, please name it. I need it. Um, I, I know what I want to call it, but what do you want to call it? <laughs> um, It's just called Novice Flight. Ooh. Novice Flight. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very clear, to June at least, that the kids who are doing it right now are not doing it right. <laughs> like, they're not doing it correctly, and it's infuriating to watch. There's a guy who's standing there. There's a sign that says, Novice Flight, on it. And there's some, like, little novices, like, drawn on it and he's like step right up novice flight novice flight come on in come on in here let's just hook you up real quick and it's just these kids are like lined up ready to go they're so excited again there's it's not a sea of blue hats but there's lots of kids there's probably going to be 60 kids at the fair that are all novices oh wow um and i think june like still holding kieran by like the shoulders begins to march towards it emphatically like pulling Kieran with them with her I think Kieran is still looking up at the kids in the air uh, with the same sort of starry-eyed expression just like whoa <laughs> they did not have this last year we are doing this Kieran I'm okay yes that sounds like a good idea but uh well okay never mind I have no objections let's do it <laughs> so they go get in line and I think they wait impatiently and um, the kids like right in front of them are much younger than they are. Oh. And I think that they, they're how, like, how old are those kids? These kids are like seven and they're talking smack to each other and they get to the point where it's like their turn to get hooked up. Uh, these little kids. And one of them like freaks out and panics and starts crying and like can't do it. Like, can't bear to fly on their own. And June is like, Ugh. As you guys are waiting in line, Cece, what are you doing? What, what do you see? What's something that's cat- caught your eye at the front of the fair? Oh, <clears throat> I'm watching this whole thing go down from a bench. I've assembled a lot of snacks for everyone to enjoy. Oh. And I'm letting my friends do their thing. I watched this all happen from afar. And I'm just like, you know... I crushed this fair. I did my thing. It is time for them to spread their wings. And so I figured I'd get like a a lovely assortment of snacks from all over. Because you said everything's free. So I think everything's free for you guys. I, Tell us the snacks. Oh, I have this movie theater box, you know, to stack snacks on. And one mm-hmm. of them are like once pumpkin fries where it's like oh. fried gourds oh. and stuff. And these beautiful fries, really salt and peppery and beautiful. Um, there's cotton candy dough or spun sugar but like spun sugar and it's in the shape of an airship um oh that's one yeah i love that like lots of dumb themed snacks that are like i got all the little kid snacks because those i think are my favorite the ones that are like colorful candy junk like there's the mature like you know the most mature thing i have are basically french fries and i'm sitting there and i'm not touching them I'm just nib. I'm just pulling on a little bit of the sponge sugar as I watch my friends all just do this, and I'm just like with a mouthful of food, just like get it, 
Yeah. Like just <laughs> cheering for, because, you know, I want them to do well. I think something about, you know, there's always this thing in the tabletop show where you have to be like, I think my character. And in this one, I think like I really want Kieran to enjoy the fair because I like, oh, I man. feel the, I feel the hesitation and I never want to be like that overbearing friend. So I'm like, no, just let them do their thing from afar with a watchful eye. And if anyone wrongs <laughs> I, them, I will break them. <laughs> I, lo- I love the idea that the airship made of cotton candy, you can blow on it and it will like stay aloft. Ah. Oh. <sighs> That's like so it, cool. It kind of it kind of stays aloft for a little bit. Um, so you're sitting there with everything, watching them, and uh, you blow on the on the ship. And as you're watching, the ship kind of begins to drift away like a balloon. Oh. Um, and as it does, uh, you see someone as you turn to see it, and you're about to like reach out to grab it. Uh, somebody steps up and grabs it. Go oh. and pulls it down. Hi, here you go. Hey, thanks. Uh, you look up. And you see one of the Audrin captains. <laughs> Everyone knows the Audrin captains. They're like superheroes in this town. Mm-hmm. This one is Wiltham Knott. Wiltham Knott is about, uh, they are about 5'11 or so. But their, their skin is very pale. Um, and they have like these kind open features. And they seem very unintimidating. They have, like, graying blonde hair and these really striking green eyes. And they're very thin. And they have this sense of... They are not uh, male nor female. They are somewhere in between. And some maybe a little bit one and maybe a little bit the other. Uh, depending on how they feel. And they look down at you with this kind of kind smile. And go, are you enjoying yourself, novice? Um, yeah, uh, yes. How, how do we address them? Do they have, like, a title? Like, you know, captain uh, or, like... Postmaster captain. Uh, yes, um, postmaster captain. Yes, I am loving it very much. Uh, Cecilia Whitwick, um, reporting for duty. Pleased to be in your presence. Um, ready for any task. And then casually, like, I, sitting on the bench still. Like, I haven't gotten up. Uh, <laughs> like, first frozen. I cross my legs to show off all the feathers. Oh, very nice. As, but, like, very, very nice. nervously, like, take a look at these. I'm doing good, aren't I? Look at me. As you look up at, at Wiltham Knot, you see that their coat is gray. They are of the gray Audrin. And they're wearing this sense of their clothes are very nondescript underneath the coat. Um, and there's no color. There seem to be very whites and, and khakis and grays underneath it. Uh, the coat itself is this mixture between a pirate coat, like a long to the the knees or middle of calf length coat with big buttons and big cuffs, but the collar on it is like a, a World War II bomber jacket. Oh, that's dope. And uh, they look at you and they smile and they see this, this display that you do and they go, Addies, novice, Addies. Okay. Don't move a muscle. <laughs> just still frozen in this position. Okay. And that's it. Well, just staring. You almost... <laughs> just stay, staring, and they kind of go, okay, uh, here's your, your, your candy floss ship. It almost flew away. And it, she stands up immediately and says, make me a part of your crew. Can, can I be selected? Can I, can I be a part of this? Captain Wolfham not looks at you <laughs> and they smile and they pat you on the shoulder and go, I like your enthusiasm. We'll see. 
Did I just get have a good? Oh, I just got human resource departmented. Did you just really appreciate my energy? Oh my god! I really, I really do. They reach into their coat and they pull out a white feather, and they hand it to you. Cece legit starts crying immediately. Like, actress at the Oscars crying or like... No, like, so moved by like, oh my god, I just got like, you know, this was not even like I was reaching over at the Oscars. Like, I smashed through the barricade and was like, can you sign my, you know, playbill? And my favorite actor of all time signed the playbill. And like, so she just, she just released a brick and just immediately starts (laughs) crying. Like... It was the most, oh. this is the proudest she has ever been of herself. She has that, like, I just talked to an adult, my idol, and nailed it. Oh, um, you don't have to, please, please don't cry. Uh, Wiltham looks around and goes, pats you on the shoulder and goes, have a good day, and walks away. Oh. Please to make your acquaintance, <laughs> and, and, and I hope we can work together soon, and I'm a good captain. Yeah. <laughs> We so jump back good. over to the line. What are you guys doing? So this kid in front of us is still losing it, and June is like squeezing her hands into her jacket. As, as that's happening, as that's happening, Hang there on. is. Can June and Karen be squeezing each other's hands? Ah, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> as you guys are squeezing your hands, the two kids in front of you, one is seven, and one is probably 10 or 11 years old. And the one that's crying, the other one goes, Come on, man. We can do this. We're going to go on it. Look, look. If you don't stop crying, someone's going to see you. They're going to put you in the Red Audrin. Okay? You know about the Red Audrin? You know what they do to people in the Red Audrin? And the little kid's like, what? If they put you on the Red Audrin, they work for the Red Feather Syndicate. They're bad guys. June immediately steps into their immediate like like instead of like being comfortably distant from them in line she steps forward half a step so that she is now in their space and she looms over them at five six and says that is not true the 10 year old <laughs> turns around and looks at you and goes yeah huh, it's true my dad said it's true they work for the red feather syndicate nobody here works for the red feather syndicate uh <laughs> who says Dang. Not your dad. Oh. I think out of necessity, Kieran had to take a step forward with June. Yes, yes. So Kieran is now beside June. I I think Kieran is cowering beside June right now. They're they're like on a 10 of vibration and they're just. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is not the fight or like at all interaction. This is not the interaction they were looking for at all. The 10-year-old kid, he's got an Audrin. He's got a uh, a novice cap on as well. Mm-hmm. Steps forward and goes, are you calling my dad a liar? Oh. I don't know. Who's your dad? Oh. Hey, June. Yeah, Karen, what? Uh, uh, I don't, okay. Uh, sorry about your dad. I'm sure he's fine. Maybe we shouldn't get into a fight with these kids in this line. Maybe we should get into a fight with them afterwards or just putting it out there, not at all. June's jaw is working silently at this, and her eyes are blazing as she looks at this annoying 10-year-old as Kieran speaks. When Kieran stops talking, June turns her eyes onto the crying 8-year-old, and her face changes, and she leans, over, leans forward and says, Look, if you don't want to fly right now, you don't have to fly right now. But I think 
it's a really great opportunity to try something you've never tried before. That's why I'm in line. I want you to roll something for me. Initiative. How do you want to? Kidding. How do you want to <laughs> I'm going to take these kids down. Fisticuffs. <laughs> I want you to roll. Choose a method for me and tell me how you want to calm this kid down. I don't know. None of these really apply in my head right now, so I'm just going to go ahead and say careful. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a minus one. A minus one. Mm -hmm. For careful. The kid, the young kid, his eyes are puffy and red. He's got tears running down his, his cheeks. He looks up at you. And I think June is still, June's tall and older, and her enthusiasm for this moment is pretty strong. And she's trying to dial it down to comfort him, but it's not, she hasn't dialed it all the way down. You and know, she's not soft and approachable. The kid continues to sniffle a little bit, and he begins to open his mouth and goes, don't talk to her, Bobby. We're getting out of line. And the other kid reaches down and takes the kid's hand and goes, I'll see you later. Okay? Yeah, I will see you later. Oh. Yeah. That's what I thought. And he like, what are you like 10? Don't you need a supervisor to walk around here by yourself? It's the novice fair. I don't need a supervisor. Get a babysitter. You get a babysitter. I am the babysitter. No, you're not. (laughs) So they're shouting at each other as, as the boys drag each other away. And June is still kind of like eyeing them out of the corner of her eye when she turns around. And the the guy who is hooking the kids up to the the balloons is standing there with his arms crossed. And June's like, oh, Hello. I believe we're next. The guy nods, and uh, you look up, and he's wearing a blue cap as well. This is Ard. Oh, hey, Ard. Hey, June. Hi, hi. How's it going? Doing okay. How are you? Pretty good, I think. Do you know Kieran? This is Kieran. I don't know Kieran. Hi, Kieran. I'm Ard. I'm Kieran. (laughs) You look up at Ard. Ard is, like I said, 28 years old. He's got, like, red hair. He's really gangly looking. Does he have facial hair? He does, but it's, it's like, spotty. Nice. Um, he's, got, he's got a lot, like, on the cheeks and, like, at the chin, but not much else. Yo, I feel you, Ard. Um, I got his <laughs> <a> hard same. It's <laughs> a big mood. <laughs> and she's got, he's, got like, he's got, like, a lot of freckles and these, like, green eyes. And he's like, oh, it's okay. Saw what you did there. Uh, which part? <clears throat> uh, defending the Red Audrin? Well, oh. June stops and thinks about what's been said and what's been done in the last five minutes. And she kind of, like, puts her hands in her coat and, like, straightens her back and st- squares her shoulders and nods. And, well, I mean, it's not true. Right? I don't know. Never, I mean, been, on, never been on an Audrin before. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not true. I don't know why. I mean, it's probably not true. But... You never know. Well, I get, uh, June stops and, like, you see June, like, look away off to the side, concerned suddenly that maybe maybe it is true, and, like, goes down that rabbit hole in her head and completely zonks out for a second. You want to get on the ride? Yeah. What? Yes. Yes, I no do. No problem, June. I'm just messing with you. And he, like, kind of nudges you a little bit. June is very stiff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karen. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm Art. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hi. Okay, yes. Um, can we, are we both, can we both go? Can we both go? Oh, yeah, sure. Of course you can. Okay. And Karen, like, shrugs off their backpack and kind of, like, looks around and looks up at Art and sort of tentatively sort of moves it his way. 
can you okay. hold on to this? Yeah, sure. I'll hold on to it for you. And and I think if they're like being ushered somewhere, Karen will take a few steps and then turn around. Don't open it. Um, or look inside of it. Okay. I, okay. I, I'll do that. It'll explode. <laughs> and they like run. <laughs> the camera's on Ard and he's got it. And he kind of holds it out away from him a little bit. <laughs> As you two get harnessed up and uh, get like... You start to do the bee jump into the air type thing. June, as you jump into the air, you notice in this sea, as you're about 30 feet in the air, you can see almost the entire fair. And there's a bunch of kids with their blue caps on. You see a bunch of other people wearing different Audrin caps, the colors of kind of orangish red, yellow, black, gray. And you see a bunch of older kids wearing these shorter coats um, in those colors as well. And they're kind of spattered amongst everybody that's here in town. Everybody's got scarves. It's, an, it's a cold day. It's like in the 30s today, even though it's blue skies and bright. And there's a bunch of people every, everywhere kind of milling about. But the one thing you do see is at one of the stalls, there is a woman standing there. She's lean. She's strong. She's got like a scar across her face. And uh, she's got like this graying brown uh, hair. And uh, she's got kind of brownish tan skin. And she's looking at you. And she's wearing one of those Postmaster Captain coats. One of the the longer ones, but in yellow. Mm -hmm. And she watches you. And the two of you lock eyes. Am I flying yet? Yeah, you're flying. Okay, so we've gone up. And June is experiencing this moment. And sees uh, this Postmaster Captain. Um, And... When on the ground, June would tense up and and get very serious. She can't help but relax because she's in the air. And I think she, like, exhales this, like, happy sigh. And instead of just floating back down, she begins to, like, do flips and, like, spin in the air. And, like, she's, like, like, it's like a, it's like a, like, um... Roll for it. Like a kid in water for the first time, and they're like, cool, water, I can float. Roll for it. See how you do. Okay. What are you using? Uh, We'll say flashy. That's a one. It's good enough. You're doing, you're jumping around. It's not perfect. It's not great. She's not performing. She's just enjoying it. She's just having fun. Yeah. And by the time you're done having all that fun, they're gone. Cool. Kieran, how is the ride? How do you enjoy it? I think, so as soon as Kieran goes up, they're not, I think they were very aware um, and kind of keeping track of where June is and potentially where Cece is. But as soon as they go up, all of that anxiety and kind of the the anticipation of being on this ride kind of wells up into this, into this really just excited feeling. And it, bubbles out of them as like a mixture of giggling and yelling at the top of their lungs this is the most fun they have had in like three years yeah (laughs) they they're just hooting and hollering and i think like as soon as they kind of come off of the high literal and figurative of this experience 
they are going to be very self-conscious about how expressive they just were in a public setting. But in this moment, I think Kieran is just completely lost in the feeling of weightlessness. Just there's something about it that makes them feel that they can kind of operate outside of all of the anxiety <laughs> that they feel yeah. on a daily basis. I love that. I love that. I'd like to say just as a parting note that at one point while they're enjoying uh, the flight, they that Kieran and uh, June make eye contact and then they both burst into these giant stupid grins. Oh, yes. You guys finish the ride. You come, they pull you back down. They unhook you. And you feel this sense of giddiness and euphoria, that feeling of getting off a ro- of a roller coaster and your legs are still a little shaky, but you're Yeah. Laughing. I was going to say, I think Karen's like a little wobbly, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think June and Karen like support each other, but like it's fun. They're laughing because it feels like the ground is soft because uh-huh. they've been in the air. And you guys get out and you see Cece sitting there with all of the, the food and stuff like that. And you guys continue to have a good time. I've bargained with madmen who claim to be kings, singing way, hey, ho. And I've seen the destruction their tempers can bring, singing way, hey, ho. I've ridden the winds over mountain and plain, singing way, hey, ho. Just to circle the coast and curse the mariner's name, singing way, hey, ho. My father, he told me to never deceive, be a voice to the hopeless and help those in need, and to never be thankful for what you've received, singing way, hey, ho. Singing way, hey. Skyjack's Courier's Call is a one-shot network production. Your game master was Drew Merzieski, who can be found on Twitter at Worlds to Forge. June Hemnell was played by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at Dreams to Become. Kieran Rao was played by Palomi Pertap, who can be found on Twitter at Palomi SP. That's P-A-U-L-O-M-I-S-P. Cecilia Whitwick was played by Aaron Catano Saez who can be found on Twitter at Aaron Catano Saez. That's A-A-R-O-N-C-A-T-N-O-S-A-E-Z. You can also find Aaron on his other podcast, All My Fantasy Children. This episode was edited by Casey Tony. You can listen to Casey on his own podcast, Neo Scum, which is extremely not kids-friendly, and hear his editing work on Campaign Skyjacks Prime, which is also not really kids-friendly. Uh, But good for 14 and up, I'd say. Probably. The original soundtrack for this program was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott, who can be found on Twitter at Arnie Parrott. A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. The character art for Campaign Courier's Call was created by Jess Kuczynski, who could be found on Twitter at AngryArtist113. If you're looking for more updates about Courier's Call and want to follow it when it gets its own feed, be sure to follow it on Twitter at Courier Call. Remember, there are no kings. Take flight, heroes.